Hello, hello, and welcome to Puff Puff Pass, a highly produced show where one couple talk about one movie while high. And today, we will be covering the 2004 action comedy, Team Team America, America, World Police. Christian. Yes. Do you remember this one? No. Yeah, we were too young to see this. Yeah, with the generation, uh, I, I define the millennial Gen Z split of, do you remember this movie coming out? <laughs> um, but I will say, the, the Uh-oh. F- my Independent first, thought coming. Literally. My first, like, instant of, like, seeing this, like, knowing that this film exists, it was literally the puppet sex scene. I saw it on YouTube. And I was like, what the f- fuck is this? Your YouTube is different than mine. I just remember seeing, like, memes and then hearing, like, the America fuck yeah thing play in the background. I didn't know that about was that. My, that was my first exposure. <laughs> I didn't know about that until, fuck yeah. until I watched the whole Come thing. Again and say the motherfucking day, yeah. Did you ever, like... Like, did you ever watch something when you were younger and you didn't entirely understand what was going on, but you kind of knew it was funny? Yeah, That's kinda. what I had with this movie. That's what you had? Did your parents watch this movie when you were a kid? Mm-mm. Oh. Oh, well, how'd you watch this then? On YouTube. Oh, just the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was probably like 10, 11. Oh. Maybe 12. Maybe 12? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, whoa! I had, I had unsupervised uh, internet time. So I was like, I want someone to poop on my face. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. You'll get there when we get there. So, this film was directed by Trey Parker, but written by Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and Pam Brady. And who? And Pam Brady. Pam Brady. And if you don't know, those are the people who created South Park. Whoa. So, with that also, note... Also, the Book of Mormon musical. Oh, my God. In that note, this film is very, 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 very... Raunchy. And offensive. So, if that's not your cup of tea... It is okay to skip this episode. We do not blame you. Completely understand. We're just here for the content. <laughs> but we have other we have other episodes. We have thirty three of them, so you can go check out. <laughs> yeah, find us on uh, Apple Podcasts or are we on Apple Podcasts? Mm-hmm. Okay, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, we are because I have yeah. a saved on Apple Podcasts. Oh my gosh. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, not SoundCloud. I don't ever check SoundCloud. We, we have a SoundCloud? Oh. I can check. No, um, that's fine. <laughs> and, and that's it. But you can also find us on social media. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. All right, anyway. So they had the budget of $32 million, but they grossed overall $51 million. Which goes to show, like, oh, this movie's so offensive, and it made back, like, almost double its budget. So I'm like... It's kind of... It's dumb, but, like, in the most creative way possible. Oh, you I think, think, you think use, racism is creative? Uh, no, somehow? I think it's just more, like, the use of, like, puppets is so, like... Like, I think the, like, interior interior design, or I guess, like, the stage design of yeah, it it is so fucking gorgeous. So I just want to say, Sahara pointed this out to me when we started watching the movie, mm-hmm. but, like, they got, like, actual, like, puppeteers mm-hmm. to work the marionette, like, mm-hmm. puppets or whatever, but they were, like, it was too good, it was too seamless or whatever, mm-hmm. and so, like, Trey Parker and came up to them and was like, oh, hey, uh, can you, like, be bad at that? It's, and that's it's why funny. they walk funny, it's fu- funnier. It's funnier when they walk bad. <laughs> Also, something that threw me off, uh-huh. I never thought about, but, like, you can, like, really see, like, the puppet, like, wrote the strings, mm-hmm. like, in the first two yes. parts of the movie. Yeah, I think you, yeah. Like, it looks more like someone just recorded, like, your cousin, like, holding his, like, stage play, like, <laughs> yeah. at the talent show. And I think that's what I really love about it. I think, and the fact that this film, like, kind of, like, takes itself 
so fucking seriously, and I think it's amazing. Oh yeah, this I film's think great. It's so funny. Let, grain of salt. That great is does not is not an endorsement of the film. <laughs> I just mean like it's like it's creative. But do you like political satire? Uh yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone tries to be like, oh, it was just satire. Yeah. And like as an excuse for like actual like racism or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like. I think when it comes to, like, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, I feel like the whole, like, oh, we grew up with South Park generation. Honestly, honest to God, I don't know if it's just, like, we're older now, but I feel like this film isn't as bad as I remember. Oh, yeah. Like, listen, this this film kit was a very post-9-11 yeah, film, very, you know? very. And so it, a lot of the racism was kind of just directed towards... Uh, or I, yeah, all, all the xenophobia was kind of directed towards like Muslims mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Arab Arab people mm-hmm. or like just people from the Middle East in general mm-hmm. or even that region because like yeah. some of that got extended to like just people from Africa and like mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, like India mm-hmm. as well who aren't in the Middle East but you know mm-hmm. they got that association as well. But I feel like it's just so like like yes. To all of that, but also the fact that, like, this entire film is, like, a big, like, I don't know, fuck you to America, kind of. Like, the way it takes itself. Like, how America sees itself. It's, like, a huge commentary on, like, how America at that time and Americans saw themselves. And so to point that out to be, like, okay, well, this is kind of, this kind of, like patriotism is kind of ridiculous i have a good point i think and it's that and i've heard this before and Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what like okay like Mm -hmm. it set the rules for like how i understood satire Mm -hmm. satire is different from like just propaganda Mm -hmm. Uh, but it uh, and how you can tell is like who's it making fun of you Mm -hmm. know or or who's it uh diminishing Mm -hmm. propaganda is like from like would be a film that portrays like oh yeah americans we're, we are great and mm-hmm. the rest of the world is like terrible mm-hmm. you know or they're inhuman or mm-hmm. insert other category whereas satire is from the perspective of the other people mm-hmm. making fun of the power mm-hmm. th- those in power or the oppressor mm-hmm. you know so this film is making fun of americans mm-hmm. you know yeah Especially how Americans see themselves. And I think that's what pissed off a lot of people. Yeah, because a, like, a lot of... I don't really remember it, but I mean, I kind of remember it. Yeah. Like, in the early 2000s growing up, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you either uh, uh, agree with me mm-hmm. or you either uh, vote Republican mm-hmm. or the terrorists win, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it was very much yeah. a... Yeah. No, I can see that, especially with the whole, like, name of, like, the team, like... World Police Team America. Team America World Police. Yeah. And then there's like the co- the name of the country that yeah. the uh, terrorists come it's from. It's very like a Western perspective. Like America is the center of the universe. Yeah. You know? And I was watching this MTV like behind the scenes of like this film and like they were saying how they really wanted to like iterate that like uh, in the news like America is always like putting themselves into other people's like situations and they really wanted to dive into that with this story uh-huh. and I don't know I don't know what your take on that is I guess they do that yeah yeah, yeah. I guess so I guess um, so anyway so uh, well do you think this film does like the political satire well I think it I wouldn't say it does it well I mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's as on it's it's as in your face as it can be you mm-hmm. know 
Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not like it's like cause satire is supposed to be like, oh, you know, is this real? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, are we being serious or are we making fun of you? You know, and this mm-hmm. is kind of just like, yeah, this is making fun of you, bro. <laughs> like, it's as on the nose as South Park is. No, for real. Like, which explains a lot. Well, do you think it's okay to make fun of your country? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I feel like if you think you're immune to criticism, mm-hmm. then like, I feel like you have a lot of things to be criticized for. I really hate how funny this film still is, especially to us. There are parts of this film that are actually, like, really funny. Like, yeah, like, it's, like, we, like, being, like, children at the time, like, we were very, like, unaware slash unaffected by a lot of the things that they're, like, talk about, and the only thing we have of that is the aftermath as well as reading up upon it. So we kind of have a general idea of the background of knowing what's funny. But I, I think it's really interesting that we still find it, like, kind of hilarious, especially in our own political climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. That's it? That's all you're going to say? Yeah. I am agreeing <laughs> with you. We, we, we are one. We are one. Okay, so, Sarah, Variety mm-hmm. wrote that this movie goes the extra mile to piss everyone off. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? Um... Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. Okay, well, the Rolling Stone... Uh, so, question. You're not going to also say your opinion on that? Well, just real quick, I want to look at your notes. You, you wrote Peter Travers of Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Do you mean, like, ro- the ro- Rolling Stone magazine? I think so, yeah. Because Rolling Stone magazine is different from the Rolling Stones, who were that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, you mean, like, the band? Yeah. Well, obviously the magazine, don't That's you? what I thought, but you, <laughs> but, but you wrote Rolling Stones. I'm sorry. So, that's why I was like... I was in a hurry. You're fine. So, the magazine... So, uh, You're so high, bro. I'm high? Yeah. I'm high. <laughs> so, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone praised the film as a ruthlessly ruthlessly clever musical, mm-hmm. a punchy political parody, mm-hmm. and the hottest look ever at naked puppets. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah. Do you agree to some of those, but not all of those? Mm, yeah. At least agree to the naked puppets. No, part. most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. All right, so, and... But that's it. Everything else is the No, I was going to ask something else. No, I, what are you going to ask? I'm not, I'm not reading after that. I see okay. that those are end because notes. Because that's it. I, I'm aware they're end notes. I was going to ask, Sarah, what was your first like, actual, like, someone, like, brought up this movie to you? Oh, nobody did. I found it by accident. No, I know, but did anyone ever bring up... Like, did anyone... Have you acknowledged this movie's existence with anyone else other than me? No. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay. I remember in middle school, some friends were, like, talking about it. Oh, really? But, like, you know, that, by that point... Fuck yeah. By that point, the movie is, like, ten years old. No, so, literally, like, yeah. No, I don't think we fully understood what why this was funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, obviously... I mean, I'm sure as kids we would have found it funny, but I feel oh, yeah. like you have to be because older like, to understand. Oh, yeah, to understand why. To understand why. Yeah. Like, you see, like, a comic... Like, kids understand cartoons, but, you know, they... Oh, yeah, and saying bitch shit balls is pretty funny. So yeah, like, <laughs> bitch shit balls. Yeah. Are you ready to get into it? Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Peter Travers isn't a member of the Rolling Stones. Yes, he is. Team America, world police. World police. So we start off with a title card, and it gets blown up with this explosive action. And we find that we are in Paris, France, three thousand six hundred and thirty-five miles east of America. And I would just like to point out, okay, so this opening scene, you see, like this probably like oil painted backdrop of france and then you see like this really like obviously marionette doll and and then it like pans out to like and you see like 
they're still puppets, but they're more like lifelike, I guess. And the the setting is just so gorgeous. And I was just like, so oh like, my I god! Live here. No, literally, I was they like, blew oh. all the money on this intro. <laughs> literally, but my little fun little hash fact about that is that uh, they showed the executives to like pass this movie that scene, and and the first executive was like, oh my god, they fucked us because he thought that was how they were gonna. Uh, play that entire movie just like that that first little bit in the opening yeah yeah and then it pans out and he was like oh okay i guess you guys ap- approve approve <laughs> so we just see the the french puppets i guess doing like mundane things mm-hmm. just living in france and you see a little boy with his popsicle and he like runs into a guy and he looks mm-hmm. up at him and he's wearing like a turban mm-hmm. so off to a great start by the way. <laughs> and it plays like eastern music in the yeah background, it, it, yeah like, like the oh subtitles say like uh ominous middle eastern music guys i literally typed up this at work so like some of the language that i use for this script is like very like safe for work so like i was too embarrassed to be like oh the terrorist you know because i didn't know you know what i mean when you first see them you don't know you assumed <laughs> you assumed because of their appearance and the color of their skin no it was they because were of the music it was because of the music you assume middle eastern music with terrorism <laughs> you're setting me up <laughs> i didn't say anything <laughs> You did all the talking and <laughs> dug yourself into that hole. <laughs> I'm setting you up. Nah, bro, you're just racist. <laughs> anyway, and so, uh, definitely that post 9-11 feel. Mm. And, and you're like, oh, Amer- so Americans are still bitter about it. Almost I mean, definitely. by then it had been three years. Yeah, but still. But still. Yeah. So, so the man in the turban walks up with his other uh, buddies, also in turbans, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just legit, they're, they're legit speaking gibberish. Yeah. But like, it's like, well, what's the, there's a word for that, like, you know how like people will like mock like Chinese mm-hmm. people by mm-hmm. making like you know those like sounds instead of like actual like words. Mm, yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. like yeah. there's a word for like that, mm-hmm. uh, or something like like that, or the how they're just talk, speaking gibberish, pretending mm-hmm. to speak Arabic, mm-hmm. or you know things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that. I just can't. I just can't think of the word for it. But there's a word for that. Sahara, look it up for sober thoughts. Literally, and so, <laughs> uh, we see that they have like a briefcase with a light, flashing light, and it mm-hmm. just beeps. Uh, and so the man, the main guy in the turban, uh, meets up with, with his buddies, and then uh, we see the that little boy again. He talks to his mom, and he like points to the briefcase, and we see her like piecing together like what's happening. But then all of a sudden, we hear like a siren, mm-hmm. and we see a helicopter holding Team America, World Police. And uh, the, immediately they tell those guys, like, hey, put down the weapon of mass destruction and get on the ground. You're under arrest. And the guys don't listen, obviously. They just immediately pull out guns mm-hmm. and start shooting. And the helicopter, uh, like, lowers, and you see the people come down on, like, ropes as, like, uh, uh, guns blazing as, like, a truck barrels down the road that also says a world police on it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out, the entire movie is so much funnier when you just imagine that the voices you're hearing are Randy Marsh from South Park. Because it is. Like, I, it is. It is. But it, it's funnier if you close your eyes and you just, you place Randy Marsh, like, on screen. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's happening? Integrity. <laughs> so we get another member of the world police and she tells the man, hey, terrorist, terrorize, terrorize this. <laughs> she just shoots him, like, square she in the chest. She fucking ate with that. Yeah. One. Terrorize this. <laughs> 
what would you, what French would, bakery, bro. Yeah, like through the window into a French bakery. So what would your line be? <laughs> I don't think I can top terrorize this. Terrorize this. <laughs> um, Here, I'll give you a chance. Ready? Th- um, think think for th- like three seconds. Ready? I can't. It would be mean. Say it. No. We, we can cut it in post. <laughs> Because I'm cutting it. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. What? What would your 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 one liner be? Go ahead. I don't know. Exactly. I'm just stupid. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of something funny enough to top terrorize this. No, for real. Tara. Um, you're, but you're, I think what's really funny about that whole scene is she, after she does, like, shoot him, she does a little, like, hair flip. Yeah, I was, I was just about to do that. I was like, I was she like, said, she said, yes! terrorize this, huh? <laughs> good at like marionetting do you have to be like what is the structure of doing a doll's hair flip i need to know i need to know what the <laughs> terrorize this i need to oh know oh my god and so anyway <laughs> uh so another guy like tries to shoot like he's about to shoot who's he about to shoot it's I don't a, know. I think it's Chris that he's Chris, about. I think. Yeah, he's about. I think he's. About, oh yeah, it is. It, it mm-hmm. is Chris. I got the sunglasses, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it is Chris. He's like he's about to shoot Chris, but he's like I guess he's out of out, out of bullets or his mm-hmm. gun jams. And uh, Chris is like, all right, and throws out on his gun. He's like, let's make this interesting or something like. He says some bullshit like that, mm-hmm. and they like fight hand to hand. And so the two start fighting, but when they're puppets, like- <laughs> it's like it, it's how you would imagine actual puppets fight. Like they're just slamming together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like they're not actually fighting. They're just slamming together. And then you see the uh, the terrorists like fall to the ground, and the world police and and Chris is like, "Ha, you lose," <laughs> you know. And so we then see the briefcase is being moved from by one member of uh, moved moved as one member of, world, of the world police points out to another member. He's like, and he's like, "Oh, I got him! Don't worry." And he pulls out like a rocket launcher, mm-hmm. and he just completely whiffs it and hits the Eiffel Tower and like collapses on on the city on the Arctic Triumph. Uh, on the Arctic Triumph. And uh, and the guy's like, oh man, I missed. <laughs> so casual, by the way. And he radios Sarah uh, from the jet. He's like, Sarah, uh, where's that guy? Where, where's that guy with the briefcase going? She's like, oh, he's heading for the Lou. And so she spots him and is like, the oh, Lou, the Lou, the Louvre, whatever. The Louvre. Louvre. I said Louvre. That is not what you said. You okay. Said the Lou. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Fran- Paris is a giant toilet. My bad. <laughs> the Lou is just the drain. Anyway, Whoa. anyway, and so heading for the Louvre, my bad. <laughs> and uh, as she uh, spots him, she sends out a missile that just destroys the entire museum. And it's literally, uh, we did it, Patrick. We saved the city. They're like, Whoa! Whoa! And you just look around at all the French and just like, <laughs> and their mouths open, like mouths like, open, like, like what the fuck? And so, and the team America's like, don't worry, we stopped the terrorists. It, very 9-11 uh, <laughs> by the way and so then sentimental music starts playing and the guy uh, and this other guy did we get his, what was his name his Sorry. name's Carson Carson mm-hmm. Carson one of the members of world police is like hey hey, Lisa Lisa is the is the one who's like terrorized this she's she's a blonde one yeah she's a blonde mm-hmm. and is, uh, she's like hey I, you know I've been thinking about us uh, getting married. She's like, don't joke about that. And he's like, I'm not. And like pulls out like a giant ring. And when he pulls out the ring, it's not like the puppet holding it. Like the puppet's like arm. He's looking at you, like mm-hmm. at the audience. Yeah. And he lifts his arm up. And then you see like actual human fingers come up and hold a ring like on screen. And I love that detail because Sahara pointed it out to me. I missed it the first time. And I was like, oh my God. It was amazing. And mm-hmm. holding up like this gigantic, gigantic engagement ring. Mm-hmm. 
and so Lisa is uh, oh like oh my gosh Carson and he and Carson's just like you're an awesome lady and a damn fine good cop and I want you to be my wife oh. and she's like about to cry before she can say yes we, uh, this terrorist who had been shot into a pool into the fountain next to them mm-hmm. comes out of the fountain and just like lights up Carson you know mm-hmm. and the rest of the team is able to shoot him but Lisa just like holds Carson's dying body and tells him to hang on and she's like no you deserve to live on and find someone else that'll make you happy go uh uh before uh, wait she uh wait uh, hold on what and before he can tell her she deserves it he, well he's like well you you and then he like dies oh so i'm assuming he tells her that i like, was confused i was like because what i'm assuming before he dies he's gonna tell her that you deserve that you know to move on and find love with i was like because like i know what happened but i was mm-hmm. trying, trying to read your notes man and so all Lisa can do is just scream, no! She's like, no! 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 So what did you think of the opening? I thought it was a very interesting... Uh, I already understand what the, where this film is going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then we cut to Times Square, and all the advertisements like up there are like actual people, mm-hmm. which are not puppets. And we see one of the theaters on Broadway is presenting Lease, the musical. Obviously supposed to be Rent, by the mm-hmm. way. But... Um, uh, as they sing, uh, what, what song were they singing, Sarah? AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Doom, 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 doom. Everyone, Everyone has, has AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> yeah. Which is partly true for the actual rap musical. So. Whoa. I mean, they don't sing they have AIDS. It's just kind of like. They just have AIDS. <laughs> I got. <laughs> it reminds me of that one vibe. That one, I got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I, I was about to say it. Because it's that. like, it's like. I got AIDS. Because <laughs> he comes in, he's like, I, I, he's like, he's like, mom, mom, I, uh, uh, I, I sold my soul for AIDS, and she's like, why, why, why would you do that? I got AIDS. <laughs> it's dope island, by the way. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, but uh, and so, Vine was a wild time. <laughs> Remember when TikTok had mine energy? I think we've moved past that, though. Well, because TikToks used to be, like, 30 seconds, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now like, I can watch a whole three minutes. Weren't they, like, 10 seconds, actually? I think so. Like, 10, 15. 15 at the longest, I think. Yeah. And now you can do, like, three-minute videos. Dude, literally. I watched a whole fucking lecture. You see, TikTok is... Do you remember that... I, I was just talking to you about this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. You remember that one app? And it's, like... It was, like, like TikTok. Musical.ly? No. It was, uh, like, TikTok, but it was, like, actual shows. Kind of like the shows are like a minute long, mm-hmm. you know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Drake Bell was like, oh, he was he was like one of the big advertisers for it, but it came out like right before the pandemic or whatever. It was just like the TikTok now is what that app could have been, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, oh, it's like shows, you know, like one minute long, like shows. Why would I want to watch a minute long? That's show? what I, I think that was the main thing. Like, why would I watch a minute long show? I mean, it, I feel like it'd be really good for, like, cooking. Like, oh, yeah, add this, this, and this, cook. Because if you add it all together, it's, what, 22 minutes all together? And yeah. then that's, that's their season, is a 22-minute episode? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. But I, I never got the appeal, but other people did. And so, but it it got, it didn't last long. I think it lasted a few months. Is that where they were trying to get, like, famous TikTokers, and they had, like, a general hospital-type type beat? Yeah. I remember that. Because Charlie D'Amelio, I think, was on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Dixie, one of them. Yeah, no, it was, a. Uh, what was that And I'm called? like, why are these teens doctors? <laughs> Do you remember that uh, adult swim show called Children's Hospital? Do you remember that? 
Or uh, at least it being advertised. No, I don't. Dude, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, oh my god. Like, think of, like, scary, like, fucking clowns, bro. That's what that show was. Yeah. You can keep going. Sorry. Okay, cool. No, you're good. So, we've seen the main singer on stage is, like, killing it as the lead. Like, some people are crying and cheering, but there is one guy in the crowd who, for whatever reason, brought a confidential file on him. So, the song finishes and they get a standing ovation. Backstage, we learn that the main guy's name is Gary, and everyone's like, ooh, you killed it tonight, man. And then since backstage hand asks Gary how he gets so emotional and somber like that on stage, and he's like, it's no biggie. I just think about the most depressing moment of my life. Then we see Gary in his dressing room, and as he contemplates in front of a mirror, he stares at a picture of his family, and as he continues to stare, we hear, like, gorilla noises and, like, someone screaming for help. So we can only assume that Gary's whole family was killed by Harambe. Then the mysterious man that comes in to congratulate Gary on his terrific performance, and Gary's like, oh, thank you, mister. And the mysterious stranger is like, the name's Spotswood. And then Spotswood starts... Who voices Spotswood? I have no idea. He sounds so familiar. I can look it up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just keep going. I'll look it up. So then Spotswood starts telling Gary all the information he knows about him. Gary asks if he's from Hollywood, and Spotswood doesn't answer him, but he tells him that he's got an incredible offer and to follow him. Would you? No. (laughs) So Gary follows him, and we see that Spotswood has, like, a Tesla-looking limo, and he tells Gary to get in. Maybe there's Josh Peck. Not, not Drake Bell, but Josh Peck, who, oh my God. who did advertising for it. I don't know, whatever. Go on. It's the wrong, wrong, uh, wrong Drake and Josh. It's the wrong, it's the wrong Josh, the right Drake. Wait, what? <laughs> so, anyway, and Gary's like, are you going to make me do things I don't want to do just for a movie deal? And Spotswood is like, I'm not from Hollywood, kid. And I'm done playing around because my time is extremely valuable. Extremely. Gary gets in the limo and he's like, wow, this is like really nice. And Spotswood's like, yes, now suck my cock. And Gary's like, what? (laughs) And then Spotswood's like, oh, I'm just joking. And so they drive off. And the limo starts zooming across New York City. And Gary's like, what exactly is all this about? And Spotswood explains that some people want him dead and tells him that there are terrorists and that they hate him and everything about him. It was called Quibi, by the way. I found it finally. That, That app, it was called Quibi. Oh. I'll, I'll look up something for it. You probably you probably got the ads. You just don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, it was like, well, yeah. I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. You're so high. <laughs> yeah, the whole point was basically it was like, you, we can watch the the YouTube analysis of this later. But like, there's a whole YouTube analysis of it. Oh yeah, I found one. Fuck yeah. It's uh, I just saw it. What was it called? Uh, I think it was like uh, the dumpster fire known as Quibi or oh yeah the dumpster fire failure of Quibi that's funny yeah that's going to the watch later playlist <laughs> so Gary asks why since he's just a Broadway actor and Spotswood tells him it's now what he is it's about what Gary stands for and in every single minute of every single day the terrorist is finding new ways to kill him and everyone else who lives in a free country but the only thing standing in their way is them Spotswood then tells the driver, Baxter, to go into Valmorphanize, and the limo just turns into a jet. Mm-hmm. Gary's like, wow, a limo that can fly? Now I've seen everything. Spotswood then asks if he has ever seen a man eat his own head, and of course Gary says no. And then Spotswood- and you haven't seen everything, <laughs> and neither have I. 
Oh, but they were actually, and I hate to keep that. Yeah, this will this will be the last time. Okay, I know I'm high. <laughs> um, it was they were like ten minute episodes called Quick Bites, hence Quid B. Oh. Yeah, so so they were ten minutes long. Yeah, that's a little. It raised a billion dollars in funding, but from Hollywood Studios, by the way. Well, did it ever make that money back? I'll I'll just give you the quick rundown here. How about this? In 2019, Quibi announced it would launch in April 2020. Great timing, by the way. (laughs) They didn't know it yet. On October 21st, 2020, just six months after Quibi's launch, the Wall Street Journal reported that the streaming service was shutting down. Fuck yeah. At the time of the announcement, Quibi had approximately 500,000 subscribers. That's not I know YouTube channels with more than that. That's not good. Literally, go on. Spotswood tells them that tells him then he hasn't seen every oh yeah I already said that okay so he explains the last week uh, his team took down terrorists in Paris last week with a weapon of mass destruction Spotswood concludes that the terrorists are planning something big and Gary asks what any of that has to do with him and Spotswood lets him know that their only chance is to have an actor act like a terrorist who can give them intel about any upcoming attacks and that they need an actor convincing enough to make the terrorists think that he is one of them Gary thinks this wouldn't work because he's just an actor, not a spy, and Spotswood tells him that spying is acting, and everyone says that Gary is the best. I'm not a spy, spy, spy. <laughs> because Gary has a double major in theater and world languages. Yeah. A true renaissance man. A renaissance man. And that makes Gary the perfect weapon as they enter into the mouth of George Washington in Mount Rushmore, since I guess that is where their headquarters are. So, would you ever want to go to Mount Rushmore? No. Not really? Why? It's kind of offensive, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always, as a kid, I always wanted to go. I stopped wanting to go, not because I, I hadn't learned it was offensive, like, mm-hmm. all that much yet, but it was more like, I realized, I'm like... Oh, wow, white man carved into a mountain. It, it wasn't even that. It was more like, I'm just like... I was like, wow, that's literally just a rock. It's just a rock. <laughs> that's not a boulder. It's a rock. <laughs> Like, you drive all... Because, like, I heard, like, the drive, like, from the nearest airport is, like, hours. Ooh. It's hours, and oh you get God. there, and it's just... It's a, That's it's boring. A, it's a rock. <laughs> so, Spotswood then leads Gary to the team base as he introduces everyone. I later learned it was, like, also, like, super, like, offensive, and I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I probably shouldn't, like, go there ever. Yeah. I remember this one girl in my class that was saying she wanted a honeymoon in Mount Rushmore. I was like, oh, ew. Why? That's so boring. <laughs> I was like, mm. Ooh, girl. Anyway. Spotswood then leads Gary to the team base as he introduces everyone in the World Police Squad. We meet Joe, who is an all-star quarterback from the University of Nebraska, and that he is a natural-born leader. By the way, they describe this as if he's still a quarterback for the University of Nebraska, which, yeah, well, which places was, him as younger than 22. That's what I was thinking. I was like, so is he still a college student? I think he just was, and that's how he got recruited. We then meet Sarah, the top empath from Berkeley School for the Clairvoyant in San Francisco, and she's like... I'm sensing that you're feeling slightly confused right now. <laughs> and I'm like... I hate that. I actually really love Sarah. Yeah, we then meet Chris, who's mad that Gary's here. He's like, what? So this is Carson's replacement? And they're like, it's not like that. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just keep this actor away from me. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, also, yeah, their teammate died like a week ago. Yeah, literally. And then finally we meet our psychology expert, Lisa. And she specializes in how the terrorists think. And Lisa tells us that terrorists are the way they are because of malignant narcissism brought on during childhood. 
Yeah, she's dressed all hot and sexy, bro. Yeah, like her fiancé didn't die. Like a week ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, barely fiancé. About a week ago. Anyway, and so Spotsu continues that they've tried to keep the world safe, but someone has supplied the terrorists with WMDs, and he knows through intelligence that they are planning something big. And here we then learn that ter- intelligence is this giant supercomputer that they have. That sounds like a uh, college student that skips his classes because he's a little high, you know? Like, he just kind of sounds like that. And so Intelligence tells us that he intercepted some communication and has learned that several terrorist groups are being organized for one massive worldwide attack. Spotswood tells us that, or Spotwood, whatever, tells us that it'll be like 9-11 times 100. And Gary's like, that would be like, and Spotwood's like, yes, 9-11 times 100 would be 91,100. And I don't know why I thought Joe's name was John, so I put John a couple times, but it's Joe. That's okay. She does that all the time, bro. <laughs> she'll be writing notes. She's like, say, can you finish this? I'm like, okay. And I scroll up to see where she's at. I'm like, who's, who's Harapiter? Harapiter? <laughs> Harry Potter? Oh my God. Uh- Anyway, so John comments and says that... It's not John, it's Joe. I know, I'm just saying that again. So Joe comments and says it'll be like all the worst parts of the Bible, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> stupid, bro. So Spotswood tells Gary that that's why they need him. They'll, we'll disguise you as a terrorist and take you deep into the Middle East. And if your acting is successful, then we'll be able to get them all the information that we need to stop this whole thing from happening. And Spotswood tells him that if he doesn't want to, then there's the door. And Gary's like, all right thanks and just turns around and walks out the door and you see that spots what he's like i should have thought that one through <laughs> and so uh we see lisa like catch up to him and is like hey we're all in danger and gary asks like why should why should i care and she's like because like it or not you're the one with the power to do things which i, I respect the philosophy i guess you're the one with the power to do things because yeah. he's an actor he's an actor Okay. 91,100. Gary says he can't do this because he knows nothing about guns or jets, but Lisa tells him that none of that matters and that if he wants to help people, the only thing that does matter is what he has in here and points to his little puppet heart. But she, or she, the kind of just like stay, the camera kind of just stays there and she kind of just like hovers, like pointing. Because she's a puppet. Like, well, no, but like you think that she's going to say something else, but it's just like pointing and. <laughs> These dolls are fucking creepy. And then it cuts to the next thing. (laughs) She tells him to think it over, and she gives him her card and lets him know that Baxter, the driver, will take him anywhere he needs to go. But just remember that his freedom is at stake, too. His freedom isn't free. So we did call this number. It costs a a buck oh five. (laughs) We did call this number. Oh, yeah, we called the number on that card. Yeah, let's play it for the podcast real quick, shall we? Oh, my God, Christian. Ask for Lisa and see what it says. Okay. Say, is Lisa there? Hello? Is Lisa there? Oh, wait. Who are you trying to reach? Lisa. Lisa. Sorry, wrong number. Bye. <laughs> That's a sex phone call, bro. I bet. <laughs> I'm probably on the watch list now. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like we called it last night and we didn't say anything. And because you didn't think anybody would answer. Yeah, we, yeah. I think because they said different things. They're like, "Hello." But 
But I, I mean, it started you. off the same way. Yeah, though. so that's why I'm like, okay, is it just a robo? Like, it's a one eight hundred number. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is it? If you want to call it, by the way, it's one eight hundred five 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 seven six four three. And ask for Lisa. Ask for Lisa, because <laughs> that's uh, her card. I'm gonna look up phone number from Team America. Oh my it. God! After Gary leaves, Joe. After Gary leaves, Joe goes up to Lisa and asks what Spotswood would see in him. And Lisa's like, I don't know, but I think I see it too. We cut to Gary in a plane as he asks Baxter, Baxter, Baxter to make a quick stop. We then see Gary at the Lincoln Memorial, then the Washington Monument. And even when I was younger, I thought the scene was really fucking hilarious. Because it's this doll at these real-life uh, monuments and stuff. And there's actual people walking around. Yeah. But I think the song just makes it a lot funnier. What would you do? <laughs> also, I looked... Just remember, everybody, freedom cost a buck five. I looked it up. There are several businesses known as Team America, by the way. What?! Oh, there's one from Midlothian, Texas. They're just called Team America. There's Team America Football Club. There's Team America from Portland, Oregon. There's Team America Relief. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Team America that just goes to the U.S. Uh, men's soccer team website. Oh. <laughs> they know something we don't. Mm. That's how I feel about that Humvee we saw. They know something we don't. Oh, yeah. There's, like, some person who owns, like, a Humvee in our neighborhood. <laughs> like, we're like, okay. What do you know? What do you mean? We then cut to North Korea, Asia, 5,945 miles west of America. And we see a random Russian guy meet Kim Jong-il as he speaks gibberish, but has a translator as he turns... And it turns out... Is Kim's here is supplying the destructive material, and he tells this guy his stuff is ready to go. The Russian guy says that he's still in the process of training and recruiting for the attack, and that they will take the weapons later. Kim does not like the answer, and that maybe his translator didn't translate correctly, and he should fire his translator. And then he shoots him. His translator, and not the Russian guy. Yeah. And it turns out Kim didn't really need a translator at all, and he speaks English to the Russian guy. And I kind of love that he just sounds like Cartman, like Loki. Love that for him. He tells the Russian guy that he takes the weapons when they are ready, not when he needs them. And the Russian guy is like, yeah, I guess I can take them now. And Kim's like, yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. Uh (laughs) Back with the world police, we see that Gary has changed his mind and he has come back. Spotswood then tells him that he has no time for any, like, intel trading because an attack is intimate and he needs to uh, go be a terrorist now. Gary's like, cool, except I don't look Middle Eastern, and Spotswood's like, leave that one to us. Literally. We then cut to Gary, like, strapped down, like, crucifix style, as Lisa tells him that Sarah's really good at skin grafting, and laser vomorification. And that doesn't sound scary at all. So, next we see Sarah get to work with different tools as everyone else watches from the theater. And after all is said and done, Spotswood tells Gary that it looks amazing and that Gary should take a look. Mm-hmm. Gary looks in the mirror, and the only thing different is that he's definitely doing brown face and has more dark hair on his face. Spotswood tells him that he's going to fool everyone, and then tells him his undercutter name is Hawkmed. Hawkmed. We then cut to the team, and they have a meeting to go over what needs to be done for this mission. Through an interception, we learn that all the terrorist groups are in a tavern in Cairo, and that the team's mission is to get Gary inside that tavern. Once Gary is inside, all they need to do is cover his back. Spotswood tells Gary that 
if for whatever reason his cover is blown and the terrorists take him as prisoner, he may want to take his own life. And he just hands him a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like pause the movie and because like, that fucking killed me. Because <laughs> you're expecting like a gun or a suicide pill. <laughs> He's like, oh, if you need to take your life here, it gives him a fucking hammer. And it's not even like a nice looking hammer. It's like, like it looks oh. like it's been used <laughs> for this exact purpose already. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, could you think you could kill yourself no. with a hammer? I feel like if you just go commit to one big blow, I think that might do it. I don't think so, man. I think you got to do it several times. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you an expert in killing I'm just yourself? saying. I'm not saying I'm an expert in killing myself. With a hammer. With a hammer. I'm just saying whenever you do it this way, you flinch. So obviously you're going to do it with a hammer. That's why I said you got to commit. <laughs> Commit to one big strike. <laughs> just pretend you're like playing whack-a-mole on your head or something. Oh my god. Just give him the little conk Stop. treatment. The conk treatment. <laughs> they then conclude their meeting and Spotwood tells them, like, let's go police the world. America. Yeah, we finally, yeah. finally get that really iconic song. By the way, they don't actually ever play the full song throughout any of the movie, by the mm. way. Like they play like the first like maybe two or yeah they play like the first eight lines yeah I had to like sing it out in my head just now I'm like they look like the first eight lines terrorist your game is through now you have to answer to America fuck yeah I want to start a petition to change our national anthem to that one because can you imagine having the Olympics play that shit whenever we win a gold medal no bro. because here's what happened here's what happened <laughs> opening day of the first yes, baseball season after that becomes our new national anthem <laughs> Can you imagine what... On top of that being it, do you know what would be even funnier? What? Stadium lights go dark, spotlight trails across the field on the fucking Fergie as she's walking to the... America! Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh my god, Christian! Do you remember when that... Yes. <laughs> Let's play some basketball! Let's play basketball! <laughs> that was fucking great. That was that was uh, that was like the first like unifying American experience after 9-11. Like, God. Guys, Christian is high as balls, bro. I'm commuting with I would uh, just like to say I'm commuting with Eldritch horrors right now. I would just like to say, being sober for these... <laughs> it's funnier than... It's, it's something. Because <laughs> half the time you'd be pissing me off, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. That's because you're also high. I'm not high. I'm sober. Well, when you do get high. I'm super sober. I'm, I'm super sober. Unfortunately. Fortunately for you. <laughs> you're the hammer. <laughs> Are you good? It's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> You made me. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine being him in that situation. Like, you have, if you, 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 if you're captured, you may need to kill yourself. He hands me a hammer, and I'm just like, like a look come down at the table and look back up at him. I'm just like, Are you fucking serious? My favorite part is the fucking signal. <laughs> Oh my 
my god. So after we see the team be all cool and stuff, we see Chris and Joe. Uh, Chris asks Joe, like, what if Spotswood is wrong about Gary? And he's not really a good actor that everyone thinks thinks he is. And Joe's like, like, I love Joe. He's like, he doesn't ask why. He's just like, what do you have against actors, Chris? Like, he's so, like, like, ex- like um, what's the word? Excusatory? Yeah. Yeah, towards him. But Chris is like, I got my reasons. We then see Lisa and Gary in another helicopter, and she asks him if he's doing all right. And he's like, yeah, I was just thinking when I'm on stage and I mess up a line, it could mean a bad review. But if I mess up here, that means we're all dead. Lisa tells him that she believes in Gary, and he asks her why, and she tells him that sometimes it's just all we have to hold on to. We then see the group has made it to Cairo, Middle East, 5,600... I'm sorry, I was like leaving TikTok and I went to the next video, my apologies. We then see the group has made it to Cairo, Middle East, 5,621 miles east from, of America. From America, yeah. <laughs> so the team just lands like right in the middle of like a busy market. Which like you think that the, in, the inconspicuous thing to do would be like not land in the middle of the busiest intersection in town. No, literally. But that's what they do because they're Team America. Fuck they're it. coming again to save the day. Sarah tells everyone that they're only here to find terrorists, and she's clearing their minds of all anxiety. I'm clearing your minds of all anxiety. (laughs) And he's like, and Joe's like, good job, Sarah. (laughs) Very Gwyneth Paltrow build. (laughs) Oh my god. Gwyneth Paltrow would have killed that role. (laughs) Call it typecasting, but I don't care. We then see Chris tell Gary that he doesn't trust him, and that if he betrays all of them, then he's going to rip his balls off and make him eat it so that he'll be shitting out balls for the rest of his life. (laughs) Gary asks Chris what his problem and Chris like oh yeah you wanna go you wanna go bro you wanna and then, go bro and then Joe kind of you like go, <laughs> intercepts and he's like whoa hey, guys the war's out there out whoa. there <laughs> we were just kids my squad <laughs> go on so Joe tells them they need to pull it together pull it together Spotswood, who watches from base, instructs the team that it's their time to move in. We see Joe and Chris escort Gary while the girls hide out on their top-secret hideout location. Love that for him. Joe tells Gary that the entrance to the tavern is behind that blue door and that Gary has to act his way past the guards. Joe asks him if he remembers the signal for when he thinks his cover is blown. And his signal is just him, like, waving, waving his, his arms, arms dramatically. In the air. He's like... Ah! <laughs> Joe then tells him good luck before Gary makes his way to start his mission. So we then see Gary makes his way to the guards, and they clearly ask him a question, and Gary just kind of stands there as the guards increasingly become more suspicious of him. The team thinks Gary is freezing out there, but then Gary gets it together, and he's able to talk to the guards, and is able to get into the tavern. The whole team is like, wow, woo, cool, and but Lisa's like, wow, he's amazing. <laughs> so in the tavern, it's basically like one of those Star Wars scenes. And Gary runs into some dudes from Somalia, and Gary introduces himself as Hawkmed, the terrorist. And the he terrorist, a- <laughs> of course. And he asks if anyone knows about any terrorist attacks coming anyone up. Anyone know any terrorist attacks coming up? And the entire bar is just like... By the way, this entire bar is very much like just uh, the cantina from Star Wars. By the way, I looked it up. Val, Val Morphinize. That it's just ripping on like, like. Isn't that where you like make animals people? That's anthropomorphize. Oh. Valmorphize, like it's literally just a rip on like, 
like testing animals. No, it's it, like it's just a rip on like like uh, Autobots transform. Oh my or, god! Like, like, uh, it's just a rip on like <laughs> a transform or Voltron, like assemble, you know, like or whatever the fuck they say in Voltron. Oh my remember. god! What's that? What's that noise that Transformers be doing? Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty fucking good, bro. I did my best. <laughs> I should. I, I was a voice actor in another life. What? I was a voice actor in another life. Okay, Christian. Something like something Matt Parker or Trey Stone or something like that. <laughs> so back outside, Sarah tells Lisa that she senses that she finds herself finding Gary attractive. And Lisa tells her it's best not to get involved with a team member because you know because my fiance died. <laughs> In case you weren't paying attention the first five minutes of the movie, Sarah apologizes and didn't mean to bring up old wounds for Lisa. But Lisa's like, "Hey, it's fine. Besides, I treasure our friendship." And Sarah's like, "I treasure your friendship too." And they're just like best buds, like best friends. And we then see Joe checking out Sarah as Chris asks him if he ever thought about just telling her how he feels. Dude, just tell her how you feel, bro. Joe tells him that would a what would a girl like her want with a simple Nebraska boy like him? I know nothing about fancy cars or restaurants. I would just love to show her a full moon night in a cornfield. Christian when he proposed. It is what it is. So we cut back to uh, inside the tavern and we see that uh, Gary has been taken to uh, the, the. You said r- Russian. Yes, yeah, the Russian guy. I think it's supposed to be Chechen. Chechnyan? The, 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 the screen captions literally say Russian guy. Well, Chechnyans also can't speak Russian, so. Okay. Like, they, like, Chechnyan's a part of Russia. Okay. Whatever. So he's a Russian guy. Close enough. <laughs> okay, okay, go to Chechnya to say that they're a part of Russia. Does Chech- Chechnya still exist? Kind of. <laughs> it, 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 for context, mm-hmm. um, there was a whole string of, like, terrorist attacks in Europe around the same time. Mm-hmm from uh Chechnya terror groups because Russia had invaded Chechnya. Mm. So, but yeah, that's that, that's just the only reason I bring that up for context. Okay. Anyway. So, and the Russian guy asks Gary's like, "What do you know?" And Gary's like, "Oh, uh all I know is that there's going to be a big attack and and I want to help out." And the Russian guy like tells him to leave because uh uh jihad no, I was sorry. I was reading the line after that. I'm sorry because the jihad and infidels uh, have ruined their lives. And Gary is like, I know about. It. And he asks Gary, he's like, Oh, what do you know about pain and sadness? And earlier we hear like the same animal noises and like a like someone screaming for help, you know. Mm-hmm. And the rush and uh, Gary t- then tells the Russian guy, he's like, I was just a boy when the infidels came to my village and their Black Hawk hel- helicopters. They fired at the oil fields and lit up, and it lit up like the eyes of Allah. Burning oil came down from the sky and cooked everything it touched. I could only cry and hide as I watched my watched my goats be consumed by the fiery black liquid death. In the midst of the chaos, he tells him he could have sworn he heard his goats screaming for help. As quickly quickly as they had come, the infidels were gone. It was on that day I put a g- he put a jihad on them, and that if the Russian guy doesn't believe that it, believe it, then you better just kill him right now because he would put a jihad on him too. And so we see that everyone in the room was just like really touched by the story, and uh, we even get a few tears flowing, you know. And the Russian guy just decides that he likes Gary, you know. Uh, or Hawkman, <laughs> and he's touched with, and uh, proceeds to tell him that the WMDs are located in a secret bunker twenty yards east of where they're at, and Gary can help by guarding it. 
And so as the Russian guy continues to explain, one of the guards notices, like, uh, Team America standing outside, you know, because they're wearing their fucking uniform. <laughs> and uh, he starts warning the Russian guy. And so Russia's like, oh, they're on to us. We must make our escape. And as they're driving away, uh, uh, Joe tells the team that, or John, sorry, tells the team that they're... Uh, it's because it's not John, it's Joe. Oh, it's Joe? I messed up. <laughs> Okay, so it's Joe. Mm-hmm. So they leave. They start. So with uh, uh, Gary with mm-hmm. them, in the vehicle with them, they start mm-hmm. driving away. And Joe tells the team, "He's like, oh, they're escaping southeast on Baka Laka Laka Street." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just one of the tiniest things like that. And I was like, oh, they oh they're going there. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's like they've always gone there. Like even on yeah. the South Park, so it's just like whatever. Like oh my god. So Spotswood tells them like oh don't let them get away. And we see the jeep with the terrorists just speeding away to get out of town. And Sarah tells the team that she senses that oh I, I sense Gary is still inside the tavern. Mm. And so John like while getting out of the hel- getting in the helicopter to chase after the terrorists tells her to go get Gary. And so as they chase the guys down uh, their own in their own little American themed jeep, we just hear America uh, fuck yeah start playing. Mm-hmm. So. So we see Joe, like, chase the terrorists as he gets his missiles ready to shoot them, and one of the terrorists starts shooting at the team. But because of a rock in the road, he ends up getting flung out of the car and on top of the team's car, just rolling on the ground below. Sly. <laughs> we see that Gary starts giving the signal from the truck. He's, like, the waving the arm. <laughs> and while Joe tells Chris that they are not stopped, Chris tells them that they had their chance and then fires a missile at them but then misses and hits a pyramid instead and the debris kills the people below. Love that for them. Chris is like oh I missed. I missed. As Gary continues to give the signal I'm noticing a recurring theme here Chris. (laughs) As Joe looks through his binoculars he tells Chris that one of the terrorists is trying to tell him something as Gary tells him that it's me it's me and Joe thinks he's just some random guy saying kiss me kiss me and then Chris thinks he's like being like a fucking smart ass. So they send another missile since yeah. Um, we then see Sarah go into the tavern alone, by the way. As people see her and try to shoot her down for being an infidel. And she's like, Gary? <laughs> Gary? <laughs> no, she fucking like shoots them all down. She's like, and then like everyone's like done. And she's like, Gary? That's what I said. I was like, I was like yeah, but she's like then she's like, Gary? <laughs> Gary? <laughs> Back at the chase scene, we see Gary still trying to give Chris and Joe the signal. Sarah radios in and tells them that Gary isn't in the tavern and thinks he's with the terrorist group on the Jeep. But before she can tell them that on the radio, it just cuts in and out and Joe tells her to repeat. Literally. We then see Lisa radio in from her motorcycle as she informs Sarah that she will get Gary out of there. Joe tells Chris that he lost Sarah and Chris like, it's alright, let's just kill these guys then find out what she wants as they start shooting at the jeep in front of them, killing the driver as the Russian guy takes over the steering wheel. And so Gary suggests that they pull over and the Russian guy is like, yes, that way they can pass us and we can can get behind and charge. Good plan. And so they do that and the Team America jeep just whizzes right past them, you know. Mm -hmm. And Gary then asks the Russian guy what he's doing and uh, because they're, they're going right for them, and mm-hmm. the Russian guy says, the car is full of explosives. We'll take their lives as well as our own. And so before they can hit the Team America vehicle, Lisa is able to jump over the car, like, with a motorcycle, and mm-hmm. uh, grab Gary as Chris sends the terrorist uh, soaring through the air by deploying, like, a ramp for them to drive over. 
you know, like a ramp in front of their car, mm-hmm. and and the uh, the terrorist like vehicle like crashes into the great like the Sphinx of Giza, or whatever, mm-hmm. just completely destroying it. And then the whole team is like, "We did it again! We saved the city!" And the people who live there are just like, same as like France, are like, "What? <laughs> you, d- you blew up our home!" And so Lisa's able to radio Spotswood to let him know that Gary's able to find the WMDs and that the terrorists are down. Spotswood then tells the team to come back to base for a debrief and cut tails. And so we then cut to uh, breaking news of Peter Jennings as he lets us know that Team America has once again pissed off the entire world after blowing up half of Cairo and now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out because of it. Such as Alec Baldwin, who is the head of the Film Actors Guild. <laughs> Don't look up the acronym. And uh, <laughs> he tells us that the world needs compassion, not violence, and all that Team America does is create new enemies. We then see Tim Robbins as he tells us that the corporations finance Team America, and while Team America goes, the corporations sit there in their corporation buildings, and they're all corporation-y, and they make money. Me trying to make that word go. Oh my god, honestly. <laughs> and so next we see Sean Penn explain to us that last year, I went to uh, he went to Iraq before, uh, before Team America, and it was a happy place with flowery meadows and rainbow skies, and had rivers filled with chocolates The children danced and laughed and played with gumdrop smiles. So, back with the news anchor, he informs us that the actors are having an emergency meeting and are already expected to attend our Helen Hunt. Uh, also, all these uh, actors are, like, in puppet. Like, they're mm-hmm. puppets that look like the actors. Mm-hmm. So, Helen Hunt, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, Martin Sheen, Susan Sarandon, uh, Janine Gar- Garofalo, and Matt Damon. And so, with Matt Damon, I told Sahara this while we were watching the movie, but, like, in the movie, Matt Damon... Yeah, I did. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's kind of offensive. Don't? Yes. Okay. Fine. Matt Damon. You're the one. So basically, <laughs> I'm just explaining like... Okay, go ahead. So, from the movie, they had these puppets professionally made, mm-hmm. and um, according to Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, they thought that uh, Matt Damon's uh, puppet looked a little... Uh, Deficient, say so just say. I don't know. Like what? What? What did they say? I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm like, I'm, which I, I can't remember what they said for the actual interview. But basically, they thought he looked uh, dumb, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they made it so his character only ever says Matt Damon. And He's that, like Matt Damon. Matt Damon, <laughs> in like that voice, you know. So now it's just something me and Christian say around the house whenever we see Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Anyway. It's very like, shut up, Mimsy. Mimsy. <laughs> also South Park. Oh. But I'm not sure what I'm more impressed with. The fact that they made puppets of these celebrities or that we have two out of uh, out of this list that we have covered on the podcast before. Helen Hunt and George Clooney, right? No. Helen Hunt and Susan Sarandon. Who's Susan Sarandon? She was in our last episode. What was the last episode? Zoolander 2. She's in Zoolander? Yes, she was part of the orgy. Oh, like, I'm going to notice that. <laughs> Which one? The first or the second one? The second one. That, no, wasn't Ariana Grande also in that one? Yes. Oh my god. And so, uh, uh, the anchor then tells us in the meantime, the world wants to sign a deal with dangerous individuals in their own way. We then cut to Kim Jong-il watching his tank of sharks as he gets informed that Sir Hans Blix is here to see him from the United Nations. Hans lets him know that he was supposed to inspect this palace, but his guards won't let him into certain areas. And Kim is like, Hans, how many times do I have to tell you I don't have any weapons of mass destruction? 
me when I lie to Christian about not having weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, I hate when you do that. And so Hans is like, okay, cool, so let me look around so that you mind isn't freaking out. And Hans then threatens Kim, and Kim is like, or else what? And Hans is like, we'll be very, very angry with you, and write a letter telling you how angry we are. And Kim is like, okay, Hans, I'll show you. You can stand a little to the left. A little more. Perfect. And as he, like, moves over, Kim pulls a lever, which causes Hans to fall into a hole that, bring, that sends him into the tank of sharks. And so... We then see Hans get attacked as Kim yells at him, telling a dying Hans how busy he is and uh, to inspect that, you know? Yeah, Kim Jong-il is uh, shown to be a very angry little man. Yeah. And, like, he's just, like, pissed off all the time. Five foot four, guys. And always screaming, bro. Yeah. Always fucking screaming. And so he tells, uh, so we see, we have the team back at bait. Oh, wait, oh, my bad, I skipped a line. That's okay. So he tells a very dead Hans, whose head is just rolling around the bottom of the tank, and asks if he really thought he was just a petty arms dealer, that he's been the one planning this whole attack, and congrats, Team America, you stopped nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, because he's wa he was watching the news on TV, I yeah. think. And so, so, uh, we have the team back at base having their cocktails and Spotswood telling Gary congrats and that thanks to him, it'll be years before terrorists have the resources to attack again. Mm. <laughs> and so everyone was like, you're so cool, Gary. You're awesome. Lisa just kind of stares at him and Chris pulls him aside and tells him that he, he still doesn't trust him, but and his acting was reckless and it put them all into danger. And so... Did this mean that Chris knew Gary was giving the signal and just ignored it? That's what I'm saying, bro. I don't know. So Chris tells him the next time that he pulls something like that, he'll uh, drill two holes into his penis so that every time he has to pee, he'll be pissing from two holes. Technically, it'd be three holes. Just want to point that out. Okay. Anyway. But who's keeping track, right? Mm hmm And so uh, I just want to point out, Chris has the same lines as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, like Fast and Furious, by the way. It's very, like, set out like that. I'll drill holes in your cock. <laughs> like... And we then see Joe ask Sarah if he can dance with her, and she's like, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> That's you, bro. You're so mean like that. No. And so the two dance, uh, you know, because I guess they dance anyway. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she asks uh, about what he thinks about the two, about two team members dating, and Joe gets all flustered. He's like, oh, uh, do you think it's all right? Yeah, and she's like, do you think it's all right? And Joe's like, oh, it's better than all right. It's great. So it's like, cool, I'm glad you asked. Or I'm glad you think so, you know, as the two continue to dance. And so we then cut to Gary outside on the balcony. And Lisa goes out to join him, asking if he's going to be okay, you know. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm just wondering if it's okay to let go of an old painful memory. And Lisa asks, like, oh, uh, was, any, was there anything you wanted to talk about? And Gary's like, when I was a kid, I always looked up to my older brother, Tommy. Uh, and he was the jock that, uh, he was the jock and all, and Gary was, you know, I, I was a performer. One day, we were all at the zoo, and he was doing, and I, and Gary was doing some acting, you know, walking on top of the railing of the gorilla exhibit, and he fell in, and everyone screamed, but his brother, his brother jumped in, and, uh, he forgot that he had blueberries in his front pocket, and so the gorilla passed him to another, who tossed him to another, and everyone panicked and cried for somebody to get help, but it was too late. The gorillas had beaten him to death and eaten all the blueberries before the zookeepers could gas them all. And it's just like, it's just the way he says it. He's like, they killed him before the zookeepers could gas them all to death. And I'm just like, why gas them? Like, that's just so, that's just so oddly specific. I know Trey Parker and Matt Stone sat in the writing room and they're like, they killed him before the zookeepers could shoot them all. Shoot doesn't sound so funny. What's funnier? Um, before the zookeepers could beat them to death like no we already went with beat to death before the zookeepers gas them all to death and they're like that's perfect oh my god they just want to go in circles like that 
He tells her that his acting got his brother killed, and he lives with that every single day of his life. Lisa tells him that he can't blame himself for what the gorillas did. Gary thinks he can finally let it go because his acting just saved the entire world, and he tells her that even something better happened through this whole experience. And Lisa's like, what? And Gary admits that he met someone that took his breath away. Lisa and Gary just look at each other and Gary starts to lean forward for a kiss but Lisa stops him and walks away and tells him that things are complicated and Gary tells her he knows about Carson and he knows how she feels So why would you try to kiss her? For real? (laughs) Lisa admits that she's really confused and that it's too soon to have feelings for him. Like, she literally almost lost her fiancé. Like, probably been like dead for three weeks tops Would you move on that fast? No! I just think it's very manipulative for him to like She's in a vulnerable state right now. Like, she's still technically grieving. This is this is like 2004. Women didn't have emotions yet. Oh, my God. They didn't get those like 2014. <sighs> Gary rationalizes to her that maybe feelings are feelings because we can't control them. But Lisa tells him that she has to control her feelings because she doesn't want to go through losing someone again because it's just too painful. Gary asks her if she's really just going to shut down and that he really, and that he really likes her and asks if there's really no chance they can be together. She tells him that she can, can't be with him. She tells him that she can be with him only if he promises that he will never die. And he's like, I promise I will. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I skipped the line. And so she tells him that she can only be with him, you know, if he promises he'll never die. And Gary's like, I can't promise that. And so she tells him that if you can promise that to her, I'll make love to you right now. And he's like, I promise I will never die. <laughs> and they start kissing like Barbie style. Yeah. You know, like like how dolls would kiss, and mm-hmm. so we then see them uh, do it. Say, I'll let you, I'll let you do this. You're, you're, so they you're have, the expert. So they have sex, okay, and they're doing every single position, every which way, bro. Yeah, but it's like Barbie style, so like it's like <laughs> it's plastic on plastic. <laughs> and I said, I one of my notes. I said, me playing with my dolls. You want to describe the version we saw, or the so there we saw the R-rated version is what we saw, but it is longer. And there's like an NC yeah, where they're like pissing and shitting on each other, and he's like eating her ass, and yeah, but yeah, eat that doll ass. Yeah, because they almost got an NC seventeen rating, but they kept sending. They sent this in seven times to get revised over and over again, and it was only because. It was only because they had to keep cutting the sex scene to get it to that R rating. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, what can we cut? And I'm like, I would start with the pissing and shitting. <laughs> Gary then tells Lisa that she's the most amazing person that he has ever met. And he knows that it's only been a short time. And he's about to tell her that he's in love with her, but she shushes him. She says, shh. And she tells him to stop talking. And Gary, of course, continues anyway, because he's a guy. Mm-hmm. And tells her that it all just feels so right. And he's scared to mess it all up. And she's like, shh. And tells him that there's not a thing in the world that he can mess this up. So we then cut to the Panama Canal, Central America, 2,193 miles south of the real America. <laughs> <laughs> and so we see like boats and people moving through the canal, uh, canal and just people doing their day-to-day tasks. And you know, but then there's just like a huge explosion, and the canal is completely destroyed, and uh, floods like drown everyone below. Mm-hmm. And so they play like this Dune style music, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to like take in all this death and destruction. But you know, kind of reminds me of like when you like play with your boats in the bathtub, and you'd like reenact the Titanic. And it's just like, you know what I, I mean? I really did that. Yeah, I mean, I would like like the dolls floating like that. I was like. <laughs> 
You took your dolls into the tub? All the time, bro. Uh, that's how they get, like, mold in their hair. Obviously, you dry them off, Christian. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Christian, you're too high, bro. Sarah. <laughs> nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. That doesn't scare me when I'm not high, so. So we're like, ah! <laughs> you get scared easy when you're high. Dude, uh, yeah, I'm so anxious all the time. I have to, like, calm myself down. I am so fucking itchy. Oh, see, look, there's your vein, bro. Like, doctor's looking for that mug They later. don't want to touch this one. Why? I don't know. Probably I like because, your vein. Thank you. They, they'd rather go with this one. I have small veins, you guys. But your veins are so pretty. And so back at base, we see Spotswood tell the team about what happened in Panama. And the team are confused. It's like, oh, I thought we stopped this from happening. And stop, Spotswood tells him, like, oh, it seems intelligence was wrong about his intel. It tells intelligence that he's bad. Like, bad intelligence. Intelligence like, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and so Spotswood tells the team that they need to, need to find out who did this and they need to find them fast. So intelligence tells the team that he's that identified the terrorists and turns on the news as they tell us about the attack on Panama. And I'm not reading that. Uh, That's what they're called. No. You say it then. No. You, if you think it's so offensive. <laughs> Okay. Read it then. <laughs> well, I don't want to now. I didn't think it was offensive. You don't think Durka Durka stands is offensive? <laughs> <laughs> That's that I mentioned earlier in the podcast they named like the country like something like that. It's called Well you it, said Baka Laka Laka Street, so I thought you'd be okay with Durka Durka stand. <laughs> yeah, the countries the the Middle Eastern countries in this movie all sound like that like that so that's the joke you guys if you're this far into the podcast you already know what you signed up for so yeah. you know <laughs> and so it's uh durka durkistan or durka or whatever and uh they've taken credit for it and uh they only did it in retaliation for what team america did in cairo and that Al- and then we see alec baldwin and the rest of the film actors guild uh you know uh, yeah, are rallying together. And so Gary's excited to hear about Alec Baldwin, you know, since he's one of his heroes and he's the single greatest actor of all time. <laughs> and so we see Alec on screen and he asks, like, who's to blame for these attacks on Panama? Is it the terrorists? Is it the person who supplied them with WMDs? No. We blame Team America and their recklessness in Cairo that brought on this violence today. And Alec then addresses Team America and tells him that the blood of the victims in Panama is on your hands. And then we see Gary, like, look at his hands. He's like, it's funny and so uh tiny stubby hands and so the news anchor continues to say that many people were moved by alex baldwin's speech so hundreds of people have turned up at mount rushmore to protest and then we see a bunch of people like with with, uh, posters calling for team america enemies of freedom and that they hate them and sandra's like uh, not sandra sarah's like oh my gosh that's here it's so me bro As the news covers, like, the protests, we learn that filmmaker Michael Moore is also jumping on the bandwagon, and he tells us that protesting is not enough and that we need radical change to take down these fascists in our country. So, back inside the base, we see Gary sitting with his head between his knees as Spotswood tells the team that if group Durka... If, uh... uh, The Durka Durka Steins? Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, If the group has weapons of mass destruction, uh, he's afraid it could be 9-11 times 1,000. And Sarah's like, you can't mean... And Spotswood's like, yes... (laughs) Nine hundred and eleven thousand, <laughs> and so Chris is like, forget the protesters and the fact that we're getting canceled right now. You know, we got work to do. And Spotswood is like, like yes, get Gary for one uh, for more acting. And so Gary's like upset and he's like, my acting got everyone killed. I can't believe I've done it again. And Spotswood tells him to pull it together, but Gary's just too emotional and upset and says, he's like, I'm out, and he storms out the door because he said he was out. <laughs> and so. 
Spotswood reminds them that without him, they can't do this. Uh, we can't, and they can't do what they need to do. Uh, there's no I in Team America. I'll let that one sit for a second. <laughs> Intelligence is like, yes, there is. And Lisa tries to convince Gary to stay by telling him there's still hope, and he's the only hope <laughs> to stop these new terrorists. The new terrorists. Gary asks why him, and Lisa tells him because he's the one with the power to do something. And he's like, I don't want the fucking power! I don't want the fucking power! <laughs> He doesn't want the guilt or the shame or any of the responsibility. Lisa asks him about what, what about all the things he promised last night and reminds him that he promised he would never leave. And Gary corrects her by saying he promised he would never die. But now he's just dead inside. Sarah then confronts Lisa about sleeping with Gary and asks how could she since she knew that Sarah liked him. Joe how could you? <laughs> Joe, heartbroken because he likes Sarah, asks if she really likes Gary. And Lisa confesses that she didn't plan on it happening and it just did. And Sarah's like, just save it, and walks away. Gary's like, see, all I do is hurt people. And Lisa tells him that he did not kill his brother, those gorillas did. Gary tells Lisa that he's sorry, but he's not the man uh, she thinks he is. And he's just bad news, and will never act again, and leaves. Chris, still remaining, tells the remaining members that they don't need Gary, and that they can take out the terrorist groups on their own. The old-fashioned way. Spotswood tells him, no, that would be a suicide mission. And Joe's like, that's all right. I feel a little bit like dying. Oh, Joe. Uh-huh. So we then see the team go on the mission to stop Durka, but everyone is pissed at each other. Like, Lisa is crying as she looks at a picture of her and Sarah as a sad rendition of America. Fuck yeah, please. It's like, America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Coming again to save the motherfucking day, yeah. I feel like Lisa's not a girl's girl, bro. She's not She's not for the girls. <laughs> Joe tells the team that they're nearing their uh, destination and to be ready as terrorist aircraft make their way toward them. Spotswood from base radios them, the team to tell them there are only five planes and should be easy to take out as Lisa starts giving directions of where the new enemy planes are. We then cut to Kim Jong-il as he tells the flight squad to shoot down Team America like dogs. Spot would wonder what he has to do with all this. We see Lisa is able to maneuver away from the two planes as they crash into each other. Sarah has one chasing her and Joe's able to shoot it down. We then see Kim call for the submarines and then we see a missile from the ocean heading straight for Sarah. The missile misses her as she tells the group it's coming from the water, and Joe asks Chris to take them out. Chris is like, I'm already on it, as we see the plane is just underwater. We then see the team take out another plane as Lisa radios that these guys really snuck up on us, and Sarah decides that it's a good time to be petty. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of that going around here lately. Yeah. Lisa tries to explain herself by telling Sarah that she didn't mean to hurt her, and Sarah argues, no, he just didn't care if he did, and she takes out another plane. Joe cuts in for whatever reason and tells Sarah that she's being unfair because Lisa can't help if Gary has feelings for her, just like nobody can help if Sarah has feelings for Gary. While shooting down another plane, Sarah asks what that's supposed to mean, and Chris cuts in and tells Sarah that she really could not tell that Joe had feelings for her as he takes out the submarine. Sarah's like, Joe? But he's like a brother to me. And Joe's like, that's all I ever am, just a brother. And he takes down another plane. Back with Spotswood, intelligence warns him. Just takes him. on another plan. No, for real. Back with Spotswood, intelligence warns him of an intruder, and it's the filmmaker guy Michael Moore as he has a bomb strapped to his chest, yelling that he's got something for Team America, and blows himself up with Spotswood with him in the entirety of Mount Rushmore. 
Kim, noticing this, tells his team to attack now because their intelligence is down, and they take out Sarah, who falls to the ocean. Chris tries to help her out, but another submarine comes out of nowhere and hits Chris. Lisa gets hit in the water as soon as Chris is able to resurface. Joe has missile lock on his helicopter and he has to bail. We cut to Kim, who watched the whole thing and tells the team to salvage their ship, and if they find anyone alive, they know what to do with them. After giving the order, Kim calls for a terrorist on his screen to debrief and ask who's responsible for Panama. They tell Kim that they were angry about Cairo, and Kim reminds them that they don't use the WMDs until they see the signal. And he has worked 10 years on this plan, and it's a very precise and complicated plan, and he is sick of all the terrorists messing it up, and to now go take the weapons where he told them to go and wait for the signal, and this time, and ends the call. This time. And asks himself, why is everyone so stupid, and why can't everyone just be intelligent as him? Kim then starts his musical number about being alone and lonely. And my favorite part about this whole thing is that we can see Han's skeleton with a briefcase still in the tank. We then cut to the bar where Gary is at, and as the song that played while Gary was thinking about joining the team starts to play on the jukebox. Some random patron recognizes Gary from his musical and asks if that's who he is. The random guy asks Gary to do the scene where everyone has AIDS, but Gary tells him that he doesn't act anymore and that he, that he gave that up. And the guy's like, come on, man, it's just a scene. And Gary screams at him to get away. And I love how serious this is. Gary says that he has hit rock bottom, and some old man, who mysteriously sounds like Mr. Garrison, comes up and tells him that he has to take it easy. Gary explains that he has hurt people, so that makes him a dick. And the old guy, well being a dick isn't so bad, and tells that there are three kinds of people in this world. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. He explains that pussies think everyone can get along, while dicks just want to have sex all the time, without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, and all assholes want is just shit all over everything. So pussies get mad at dicks once in a while, because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes. And you know what? You get when dicks don't fuck assholes, you get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. Are we still talking about people? I don't know, man. <laughs> Gary hearing all I remember this. Remember the speech, by the way. It'll be important later. Gary hearing all this throws up and the bartender is like, all right, that's it, and tells Gary to leave. But he kind of just fumbles around as he calls for Lisa. And it's like a comically long, like, throw it up. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you see, and it, like, the camera pans out when he's on the ground. He's just in well, a pool Well, that's not it. I mean, that's him trying to get out of the bar. But as he's, like, in the, like... Uh, Alley? Yeah, some random lady. He's like, get out of the street, you fucking bum. <laughs> very American. Just like, you gave up on life, didn't ya? This post is very human. What? So Gary starts throwing up, and every time he, like, stops, he starts again, and the dramatic music, like, swells up every time. And it just continues to go. And I wrote this script at work, so I was just dying at this scene, bro. And it just reminds me of when Christian, like, greened out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gary passes out in a huge puddle of his own vomit. Love that for him. <laughs> and so next we cut the cut to the Actors Guild held by Alec Baldwin as he tells his fellow actors that they uh, that have attended that they live in dark times that the world's becoming more and more violent and the idiots in charge are just making it worse. But what the world needs is an international advisory committee who truly understands global politics, namely them, the actors. And the audience is, like, starting to cheer and, like, starts thudding on their desk, like, huzzah! And Helen Hunt tells the group that they need to start using their acting talents in a different way. And Michael Sheen then says uh, they can use their powers to change the world. And everyone agrees, and Tim Robbins is like, we'll convince everyone to drive hybrid cars and stop smoking. And Liv Tyler adds on, if they all focus their acting talents on global stuff, then they can change everything and, and stuff. 
and someone else says uh, it's their responsibility as actors to read the newspapers and then say whatever they have read on television, uh, television like when they're on talk shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Matt, and then Matt Damon just says Matt Damon, <laughs> <laughs> while George Clooney says that they have all done action films and that if anyone gets in their way, they'll show them how tough actors really are. Which I thought was really funny, by the way. Oh. We've done action films. I know how to fight. <laughs> and so. Alec is like, I'm so glad we all agree, and I've just been contacted by a very important political leader who's bringing all the world leaders together for an international peace conference, and wants all of us to be keynote speakers. So everyone cheers, and Matt Damon just says Matt Damon again, as Alec introduces the Actors Guild to Kim Jong-il, and the actors just start cheering loudly. So next we cut to Sarah, who's being held hostage as Chris, and watching Chris be tortured through electrocution. Electrocution, sorry. Joe is also just hung out upside down, and Lisa's in a cage. And so... Also, Sarah is doing that um, water drip torture. By the way, like, like, uh, like they drip, is that what they're doing to her? They drip water on like their forehead, oh my God. and after like forever, it likes it's it's like unbearable. Oh my God, is that real? Yeah, it's a real thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what they were doing. That's why the drain was above her. Oh, I thought it was just because she's clairvoyant, so they're trying to shield her. She's trying to like drain her clairvoyance. Well, like fuck <laughs> up her third eye. Oh my god. That's what I thought. Block her chakras. Literally. And so, uh, Chris threatens a Korean guard, but Kim comes in and tells him that it. it Kim Jong-un, uh, ill, tells him that he's in no position to kill anyone. And Lisa is like, so it was you making, uh, on planning on making 9-11 times a thousand happen. And Kim is like, no, you think so small. But instead, I'm going to have an elaborate peace ceremony. And while all the world's most important people are distracted, I'll de- detonate the WMDs, which I've given all the terrorists across the globe. And it will be 9-11 times 2,356. And Chris is like, oh my god, I don't... I don't even know what that is. And Kim is like, nobody does. <laughs> and I went through the liberty of looking it up, by the way. Oh, my God. And it is 2,146,316. <laughs> You're welcome. And so Chris uh, and uh, Kim explains that everything will be balanced. Every country will be a third world country. And try to just imagine that all around the world, massive explosions. And as we watch the Taj Mahal explode, and not that, like this is like a, their imagination, mm-hmm. Taj Mahal explodes, and then London, then Tokyo, and then Hollywood. And Kim continues to explain that after the attacks, people will break out into panic and rioting with no one to guide them all over the earth. The true nature of humanity unleashed. Dog eats dog. As everyone attacks everyone and fends only for themselves, global stability unravels. And by the time Kim's show is over, it'll be far too late. And so Joe tells him the plan will never work because he can't keep the world leaders distracted for nine straight hours. And Kim is like, oh yeah? Well, I got Alec Baldwin. (laughs) Go ahead. Kim tells the team that they are the last of a dying breed, the flag-waving American. Kim goes to leave as he must finish all the details for planning the ceremony and lets the team know that the film actors are on their way and maybe they'll stop in and say hello. Before Kim leaves, Lisa tells him that having such little faith in humanity must make him a very lonely man. This makes Kim stop in his tracks, and he tells Lisa that she will have a front row and orders his guards to bring her upstairs. <coughs> Sarah tells the guards to leave Lisa alone, but before Lisa gets taken, Sarah screams that she still treasures her friendship. Joe yells out that somebody has to stop this. We then cut to Gary with a very five o'clock shadow as we see him looking through pictures a of A very him. five o'clock shadow. <laughs> looking through pictures of him and Lisa, even though there was no one to take these pictures. We then see Gary... Yeah, like, there are pictures of scenes we saw, but, yeah. like, no one would have taken these photos. We then see Gary on his motorcycle driving through the city, contemplating, as a song starts playing about how Gary misses Lisa, but at the same time criticizing the film Pearl Harbor. 
I just realized, did we mention that Spotswood blew up? Yeah. Yeah, okay, we did. I was just making sure. I was like, okay. I, I zoned out. I'm sorry. Go on. Pearl Harbor sucked, and I miss you. Pearl Harbor sucked, and I miss you. Pearl Harbor sucked. Maybe a little more than I miss you. <laughs> we see Gary has driven all the way back to Mount Rushmore, only to find it destroyed as he asks himself what happened. So I swear to God, at this point in this film... Um, we kind of have like a Frozen Two moment. Like there's a, a person's like hu- like singing. It's like, it's like ah. and it sounds like the Frozen Two voice. Like, but if you need to know, it's like an hour and six minutes in. Yeah. But I swear it's the voice. I swear to God. Inside the base, we see that everything is completely destroyed, and Gary calls out for someone, and Intelligence is able to get itself back online. Gary asks him what happened, and Intelligence tells him that they were attacked by a giant socialist weasel. Gary asks what happened to the team, and intelligence informs him that they have all been taken prisoner by Kim Jong-il in North Korea and has intercepted communications, and that he is behind the planning of a massive attack during the peace ceremony. We then see that Spotswood did indeed survive the blast as he points his gun at Gary, telling him to freeze or he will shoot his commie brains out. And Gary's like, you're alive! And Spotswood's like, oh, it's just you, Gary. Well, get away from intelligence. I plan on blowing up North Korea. And Gary tells him no, because the team is still there. And Spotswood tells him, I know, but the trigger for the WMDs is there, and that will set off all the bombs around the globe, and my only choice is to blow up this entire country. Spotswood then tells Intelligence to get the time bomb ready, and Gary's like, but you'll kill everyone. And Spotswood argues that what... That's, that's what the team would want. And argues that the team would happily give their lives for this country, and it's something he wouldn't understand. Gary tells him that there must be another way, but Spotswood reminds him that there is no one else to stop Kim Jong-il. Gary then asks to go, but Spotwood calls him a butt-fucking-quitter, and then he walks out on them. The team went on a mission without him, and without an actor, they were just like pigs to the slaughter. And how could he leave the fate of the world in Gary's hands? Literally. Gary says he knows he walked out, and he would do anything now to take it back. So he begs to just let him uh, be some help, and all Spotswood has to do is just believe in him. Spotswood said he really wants to, but he can't trust him because he has to let him down before. Gary asks how he's able to gain Spotswood's trust again, and Spotswood tells him uh, he remembers the first time he met Gary. He was just some simple Broadway actor afraid to get into the limo because he thought it was only because Spotswood was going to ask him for sex, and asks Gary if he remembers all that. Spotswood then tells him that now that the tables have turned, he doesn't know if he can trust Gary. And so Gary asks for one more chance, and Spotswood agrees, but only if Gary performs oral sex on him right there, right now. And Gary's like, what? And Gary's like, are you serious? And Spotswood's like, I'm super serious. And I have my serious face on, which is just his normal face on, which is just his normal face. And so Gary asks uh, what that would prove, and Spotswood tells him that it's proof that Gary's willing to put everything on the line to throw away all inhibitions and give 100% so that they must go back to that first night they met, the first issue with trust. And so Gary then asked uh, that he thought Spotswood wasn't gay. He's like, I thought you weren't gay. Spotswood says, this isn't about sex. This is about trust. It's the eye of the needle. We must both pass through it. Bar. (laughs) <laughs> and so Spotswood then takes off his pants and tells Gary that I'll make sure no that he'll make sure no one's looking. And Gary hesitates and asks if this is really the only way. And Spotswood pulls his pants back up and is like, "All right, I guess you won't do anything." And Gary stops and is like, "Okay, okay, do I really have to do this?" And Spotswood is like, uh, "Wait." And Gary stops him and asks if he really does this, will Spotswood really let him help the team? You know. And Spotswood says that. Uh, sorry, I, every time I read Spotswood, my, my tongue gets twisted. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Spotswood then tells him. That he will give him all the time he can as he pulls his pants down a second time. And so Gary does it. And you don't see or hear anything, but the music just like swells up 
uh, you know, into this like '80s like synth track. It's a Spotswood like tells Gary that he's in fact dedicated. You know, it says if he wants to storm Kim Jong Un's palace, he'll need to be prepared. And Gary asks like how they plan to do that. Spotswood's like, oh, you know, we got just what we need. And as like in a '80s as that synth track like from the '80s like starts playing, and uh, it's a song. We need a montage, and it's just like a montage of them training, you know. Uh, like and shooting, and then yeah. There, there's like there's like shooting. I thought I wrote that. I must have deleted the no, paragraph. It's okay. But uh, it's like them shooting and like uh, fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one more thing. Shooting like the karate. Gary's shaving oh, Gary's like shaving. He's shaving like throughout the whole thing, and so after that it like ends and at the very end of the montage though it's like and then as we it, we make it seem like time has passed if we fade out cause it's a montage like as it gets quieter you know mm-hmm. and so at the palace at Kim's palace featuring the world peace ceremony and many world leaders Kim is plotting to trigger all the WMDs to go off at the same time around the world as he monologues like this plan to Lisa and so Lisa says like oh you know someone will stop you but Kim just disregards this so Alec Baldwin is preparing to give a speech at the conference while Gary disguises himself to sneak into the conference. He just has, like, a, a robe on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, like, uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah. you know? And uh, he's able to sneak in by tricking these two guards and doing, like, a mm-hmm. Jedi mind trick, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, so like, we need to see your uh, credentials. He's like, I was in a hurry. I left them at home. And <laughs> he's like, I was in a hurry. I left them at home. And they're like, <laughs> okay, I believe him. He's like, yeah, he's like, guys, I'm an actor. And they're like, oh, I believe it. And so, but he's later, like, caught. Like, at the moment he gets in, some guy's like, oh, there's somebody there. Shoot him, you know? And, but, and so he's, he, like, they're, they're about to, like, get him, you know? He uses his training, which is just, like, guns, to yeah. stop them. He's like, you know? And so, uh, uh, at the same time, like a guard tells Martin Sheen and Tim Robbins that someone's broken into the building, and Gary, uh, well, and it turns out that that guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they leave the room to go get him, mm-hmm. and the guard who told him that was Gary disguised as a guard, mm-hmm. and so he's able to like get into the dungeon, and the team's like, "What are you doing here?" And obviously they don't trust him, you know, because he backed out on them. But uh, uh, he's like, the, he's like, "Don't worry," because. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm with Spotswood over there. So Spotswood's dead. If Spotswood like comes in on like the intercom, whatever, mm-hmm. don't worry. He's like, don't worry. Gary is 100 committed to this team, and he proved it by sucking my cock. Oh. Whoa. And everyone, like the whole team, is kind of just like, okay. <laughs> no, it's like a pause. I guess you are committed. <laughs> Which begs the question: Did they at all do that? Yes. Okay. And so Team America, they're like. I can't remember what song is playing, mm-hmm. but they like they get ready to go and they have like their cool like slow mo watch mm-hmm. like their next objective, you know. Mm-hmm. What song is that? I don't know. You probably know. And uh, they immediately are just like start getting shot at. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What do we have? Like it's George Clooney and Liv Tyler." And then like as they do, Ethan Hawke and Gene Garofalo like walk in and start shooting. Gary tosses a grenade and it kills Clooney and Tyler. And then the other two are shot by the other like mm-hmm. by uh, the other members of the team. And so Sean Penn and Danny Glover then walk in. They're like, oh no, it's Team America. Quick, like, run this way. And Joe and Sarah start following them. But then they're like, but Gary's, Gary and Chris are like, no, it's a trap. Don't go. And as they walk in, they get locked in the room where, like, a uh, massive, like, Im- impenetrable screen comes down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Penn and Dar- Danny Glover are like, ah, we've trapped you as they release the Panthers on them. The Panthers are just, like, actually, like, two house cats. It's so cute. And it puts into scale how small the puppets are, by I the way. Oh, it's so adorable. They're just cats. They're just black cats. And so, uh, but then, like, uh, Chris and Gary run across like Susan Sarandon who's like tied up in a chair you know and she's like oh hey, good you're here the actors have gone crazy help me and Chris is like alright and then Gary's like wait no stay away 
I don't don't trust her. Like, but but and Chris is like, but come on, like she needs us. She she wants to help. And Gary's like, no, she's acting. And she and Susan's like, no, I'm not. I sir, come on, no untie me. And she's like, and Gary's like, I don't believe you. And Sarah's like, okay, and like pulls out like a gun, <laughs> a gun to like shoot them. But Gary already knew and shot her before she could try. Mm-hmm. And Chris, uh, uh, and Chris is like. I thought she was serious. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Well, she fell over the balcony and she completely splats. Oh, yeah, she just, like, splatters on the ground yeah. below. But, like, Chris uh, Chris is like, I believed her. I can't believe this. And Gary's like, yeah, I know. But and Chris, out of nowhere, Chris is just like, when I was a boy, I went to see Cats. You know, the shitty musical. Oh, my God. And after the show, which begs the question, how is Cats a thing? But uh, Rent isn't. Rent is <laughs> lease now. And so, after the show, I was invited backstage to meet the performers. I was so excited, but I got back there and they were all drunk and out of control. And uh, he says that two cats like started brushing up against his leg, and then another cat like held him down. And then he was like, "I was raped by Mr. Mistopheles." <laughs> and so, oh well, and there I was the rather a cat song clever as my uncle Mistopheles. Oh, he said I can't remember. I want to say Bumble Arena. And, uh, Bumble, is it Thumbler? No, Bumble Arena. Oh, Bumble. Oh, Bumble. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. And uh, Rumpo Teaser. I think that's what Rumpo Teaser. Said. Was, oh, yeah, Bumble Arena. Or, Thumble. oh, no, it was, uh, fuck. It was, uh. Sahara uh, loves cats, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I do. It was. I don't uh, know why. <laughs> it was, uh, Rotom Tugger. I think that's what he said. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, and, uh, and Gary's like, this must be why you don't like actors. And Chris is like, after this is over. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> you know, obviously their bonding moment. And so, meanwhile, Chris is able to use her mental powers on the cats. Is like, and Chris like, is able. Or sorry, not Chris. Sarah is able to use her mental powers to convince the cats, like, oh, you know, rise up against your owners. They're the your, your oppressors. You know, mm-hmm. and the cats like pounce on like Sean Penn and Danny Glover and just start eating them. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they've like smeared cat food on the dolls so the cats eat them. It's mm-hmm. really funny. It's really cute. Yeah, Sarah's like, I like cats. I love cats. And so. Gary and Chris fi- are able to find the theater entrance. So they're about to go, but they're caught off by Helen Hunt, Samuel L. Jackson, and Matt Damon, as well as Tim Robbins and Martin Sheen. And so, uh, but inside the theater, Alec Baldwin is, he's like starting to begin his speech, you know? He's like, Welcome, welcome, everybody. I'm Alec Baldwin, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but Kim then tells Lisa, he's like, Yes, I'm going to begin the countdown. I'm going to launch the nukes and presses the button in five minutes. And I was like, <laughs> The countdown begins, you know? And so, Sarah and Joe catch up with the others as they see uh, uh, Gary and Chris like on the ground, uh, and they like begin to like start fighting the actors. Mm-hmm. And Helen Hunt and Sarah like fight with these swords that they picked up. And Chris and Samuel L. Jackson have like this Kill Bill style fight. And it was immediately after writing the sentence in the notes that I realized that this entire fight scene is just taken from Kill Bill. By the way, I feel like it's more like Charlie's Angels where they do the little air thing. I thought that was a Kill Bill thing too. I don't know. I haven't seen Kill Bill in a hot minute. We'll see. Anyway, and so Helen Hunt is uh, sliced in half by Sarah, you know, mm-hmm. and then Chris, and while Chris is fighting Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson's like, it, he hits Samuel, and Samuel's like, come on, uh, come on, hit me, like for real, and Chris just like punches, he punches like his head like mm-hmm. off of his jaw, mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, oh my god, and so, uh, and while, and during all this fight, uh, Chris and Tim uh, were fighting, and he like uh, rubbed him on the ground, because they were gonna like burn them alive, so yeah. they doused gasoline on Chris and Gary. Yeah. But like uh, Chris had managed to like kick Tim Robbins over, and he fell in the gasoline, you know. And so uh, uh, Tim Robbins is able to get away, and he has a gun. He's about to shoot them all, but Chris, he's like, 
there's only one problem with that I'm a smoker as he has like a lit cigarette that we had, didn't see him light you know and he just flicks it at Tim Robbins and Tim Robbins just burns alive you know <laughs> and so inside the theater Tim Robbins uh, not Tim Robbins <laughs> Team America rushes in and be like hey we're Team America you know like, everyone stop Kim, uh, Kim Jong-il you're under arrest you know and uh, Alec Baldwin's like uh, you can't do that you're too late and if you touch Kim the good people of the world will rise up to stop you as the audience like starts starts cheering, you know? Mm-hmm. And Gary like steps onto the stage. Well, they all step, the whole team steps onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, oh, you know what we need, Gary? We need you to like out act, uh, to act, you know, to like convince them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alec Baldwin's like, you can't uh, out act me. I'm the greatest actor of all time. <laughs> and so, but he's persuaded by his team and he attempts to convince the crowd. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, we're Team America. We're here to help. Or whatever he says, mm-hmm. he says some bullshit like that. And but Baldwin like tells Gary, he's like, you know, you can't outact me. But and then Baldwin turns to like charms the crowd. He's like, Team America is once again here to like cause violence and disrupt the world, you know. And but then Gary, he's Gary, just out of nowhere, he's like, you know, Team America are dicks, and Alec Baldwin's a pussy, and Kim's an asshole. Now, uh, pussies don't like dicks. And it just repeats that entire speech mm-hmm. from earlier that you heard in the bar, you know? Mm-hmm. Pussies don't like dicks because they get fucked, but dicks also fuck assholes, and assholes who just want to shit on everything. And, you know, and throughout this dick, pussy, and asshole written speech, you know, Gary manages to convince the entire crowd of world leaders that Team America needs to do their jobs. And Kim tells Alec Baldwin to do something, but Alec Baldwin, he's like, uh, climate change and global warming. Just buzzwords. Buzzwords and 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 the crowd turns on him and Kim's like you're so uh, uh, you're useless Alec Baldwin <laughs> and like shoots him you know and mm-hmm. just like kills him like right there mm-hmm. and Kim then threatens the crowd but while he's distracted Lisa is like able to scoot her chair because she's tied up scoot mm-hmm. her ter- chair forward and kick him off the balcony mm-hmm. and he falls he gets impaled on the uh, German representative's pointy hat mm-hmm. and I wrote pointy hat here because mm-hmm. I knew the actual word for it but I couldn't remember it it's pickle halba that's the <laughs> That's what that hat's called. Pickle halba. Pickle halba. That's cute. Anyway, go on. Um, also called pickle helm. That's crazy. <laughs> pickle halba. Anyway, go on. So Gary makes his way up to Lisa, and Lisa tells him that he must stop the countdown. Gary asks what must be done, and Lisa says, "Oh, just press the large cancel button." <laughs> which I was, just, which kind of like took Sahara out of it for a second when we were watching. You were like, you 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 like pot. I think I was. You popped off her microphone. I punched her. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it was this moment, like, Sahara kind of got taken out of the movie for a minute. Didn't you, like, pause it or whatever? No. No? Oh, well, you were just, like... It was dumb. Because it stopped at one millisecond, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, point one second left. And I really have... She's like, oh, just press the cancel button, but it's all in, like, Korean characters. So. I'm, like, I'm like, does Gary read Korean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so... And so after that... Uh, kind of like abruptly mm-hmm. like uh, like the crowd like cheers you know but Gary's just like Lisa I'm in love with you you know mm-hmm. like as Spotswood like comes on the TV in the theater and tells the crowd he's like everyone return to your homes yeah, like you know mm-hmm. a, you, we must like you must keep everyone safe you know and, oh and he tells like the doesn't Spotswood is like oh this Gary's our hero and, 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 and when we meet our hero Gary mm-hmm. the finest actor I've ever met and Gary and Lisa they kiss but then like Lisa notices like a cockroach crawl out of Kim's mouth mm-hmm. and it like and it starts like talking like Kim we realize mm-hmm. that the cockroach actually is Kim Jong-il mm-hmm. you know and uh, he's like, he's like, I'm returning to my home planet, and uh, but I'll be back. Uh, uh, you know, like as an evil villain scheme. I know. I was really hoping. I was like, God, I hope nobody steps on him. 
it's an evil cockroach. But it's a real cockroach. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was like an actual cockroach. Like it's not it wasn't like animated. Yeah. It was a real cockroach. Anyway, and he like crawls into a cockroach sized mm-hmm. spaceship, you know, mm-hmm. and is able to like blast off. And so but then Team America, or I think it's a Chris, is like, all right, guys, we got more bad guys to take on. Let's go. And as they walk out, we get, uh, uh, we start hearing America, like, fuck yeah, start mm-hmm. playing it. And they walk out the door and they, like, jump and it's like a freeze frame. And then, like, uh, uh, and then, like, it cuts to the team, like, flying away off to their next adventure. Mm-hmm. The and. end. I know, kind of like an abrupt end of the movie, but it was worth it. It was funnier in person. I recommend listening to our podcast as you watch it as the audience. <laughs> I hate doing that. I'd rather just listen to it. Isn't that what this podcast is for? I guess. I guess. So, do you find this film offensive? I see why it is. Mm-hmm. Why some people might. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I understand it's satire, mm-hmm. but it also kind of is like... Durka Durka stand, really? <laughs> really? Really? I don't know. I feel like we've gotten so used to, like... That's true, too. We're also kind of, like, used to it. Yeah. So I feel like it's not as, like, oh, okay. You know? Like, there there could have been more offensive stuff that they could have said. Um, But, yeah. I think the whole casual of... uh, Casual racism? Casual racism and then sexual assault. I'm just like, ooh. Oh. (laughs) Side eye. Side eye. Uh, Why do you think some people called this film un-American? Because it was making fun of America, straight that's, up. That's it. Straight up, like <laughs> that's it. Some people are so soft. Oh, are they snowflakes? <laughs> yeah. Do you truly think this film has any value, especially for today's political climate? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, probably not as much as it did back then. Mm-hmm. Back when they like the Iraq War mm-hmm. was going on, we had just invaded Afghanistan, mm-hmm. so like probably not just as much, but you know, yeah. close enough. No, I agree. So, what's your fave song, Christian? Montage. <laughs> Montage. Only a woman can touch Oh, yeah, that's the song they play during the uh, puppet sex scene. <laughs> Only a woman. I think that's good. Uh, Pearl Harbor sucked and I Pearl miss Harbor you. sucked and I miss you was good, too. I really like the fact that they were like, I wish Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it more. <laughs> 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 that didn't age well. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> and um, I did like one more song. I can't remember. Was it America Fuck Yeah? No, America Fuck Yeah is fine, but it's just like it's whatever. I can't think of what else that I like. That might have been it, honestly. Yeah, there's not that many songs, but they're fucking brilliant. Okay, what's your favorite line? What's my favorite line? Oh my god. I think I said it to you earlier. The hammer thing? Oh, yeah, the hammer. The hammer. <laughs> if you're captured, you may need to kill yourself. The hammer. They're headed east to Buckalaka Laka Street. <laughs> you're awful. What you love? You, you're awful. Okay, that's it, man. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> awful. So, okay. Is this a puff puff pass? Or it's a puff puff smash. <laughs> I'm giving it. I'm sure I want to rate this because like, <laughs> I personally enjoyed it a lot, but yeah. like critically, like I'll give it a. I feel like it's like a four out of five, but not an eight out of ten. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like it's like it's good, yeah. but it's I was like, gonna give it a six. I'll give it a. I'll give it a six. Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's a six on a one to five scale. Like I enjoyed it. Like I laughed. Like 
like a hoft. It's it's a good movie to smoke too if you're high. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would would recommend. <laughs> All right, do you want to tell your dream blunt rotation? Dream blunt rotation, easy. Um, uh, uh, Spotswood. Uh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Spotswood. Uh, god, I was gonna say Gary, but I feel like Gary's a lightweight. Uh. uh <laughs> Uh, Lisa, okay. Sarah, okay. and cause Sarah would be like, I can read your mind. I'd be like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, the the mime. In, the mime in, in the beginning? In Paris, yeah. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> I would say intelligence. Oh my god. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> intelligence. Um... What else was I going to say? Oh, the clairvoyant school that Sarah went to. Oh, my God. Just the entire school. <laughs> yeah. In San Francisco. Um, in San Francisco. The croissant uh, cobblestone. Oh, yeah. France. So, in Paris, the roads were, like, cobblestone, but they looked like tiny croissants. <laughs> and, um... One more. I need one more. We need a montage. <laughs> Whoever wrote that song. <laughs> Um, the camera that smashed into Gary when he was riding on his motorcycle and he fell over. Oh, no, no. Do you know who else I'd add? Oh, that was funny. Do you know who else I would add to my uh, dream vault rotation? What? The hand that held up the engagement ring. <laughs> All right, guys. He just holds the block just like... <laughs> hand. Okay, guys. That is it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Puff Puff Pass. Podcast. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are the couple that is smoking in the background. Yes, sir. Um, let's see where else. Uh, we have sober thoughts coming up. We do. Look forward to so, it. So, woo! That's where we talk about. If you don't know what that is, it's where we give hash facts about the film. May even given a new rating on all the films we covered this month, and where we tell you our new. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we tell you our new theme for the next month. So I'm just I'm just being really fucking high right now. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you would like to tell us your thoughts on the film, give us your dream nightmare blunt rotation. You can email us at puffpuffpodcast23 at gmail.com. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Christian, say bye. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs>